Have you ever wondered why some believers stumble? Even though they have the best of intentions, they make promises fully intending to keep them, but repeatedly fail. Many view this as a character flaw, and it certainly is, but the source of this shortcoming goes much deeper. Greetings, I'm Dr. Paul Felter. Welcome to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth, where we expose church fallacies and flawed Christian traditions with Bible truth. We let the Bible speak for itself. If you appreciate these video podcasts, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel or my podcast channel, Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Also, please visit my website, breadoflife.media, for additional resources, including my free PDF chart of your Bible, Rightly Divided. Here in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul addresses the problem of believers repeatedly stumbling and falling into sin, or saying one thing and doing another. Paul continues explaining the law and its relationship to sin and the believers at Rome. Verse 1, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Paul, writing to those Jews and proselytes under the law, states that as long as they live, they are under the dominion of the law of Moses. But he stated earlier that our old man is dead, but we are alive to Christ in newness of life. Verses 2 and 3. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. In these opening verses, Paul compares the law of Moses with grace using marriage as an analogy. Under the law of Moses, a woman is bound to her husband as long as the man is alive. But if the man dies, she is no longer bound under the law and loosed from the bond of marriage. But while her husband is alive, if she should marry another, she would be committing adultery. But if her husband is dead, she is free to marry another. Verse 4. Whereof, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Just as the woman in the previous verse could only marry another after being freed from the law by the death of her husband, the Jews and proselytes in Rome could only be free from the law of Moses by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Their old man, their sin nature, is crucified with Christ, thereby releasing them from the dominion of the law. Remember, we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. They were freed from the law by Jesus Christ to live under grace. They now live in the power of Jesus' resurrection and not under the condemnation of the law. Verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. While living in the flesh, fulfilling its desires, we frequently experience the motions of sin. In other words, the suffering, the affliction, the misfortune, the calamity resulting from sinful actions. The fruit of evil actions are the fruit unto death. Living under the law of Moses and operating in the flesh brought death. Verse 6, But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, 
that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Here's another but now verse. Each time you see those words, but now, something has changed. Things were a certain way, but now things are different. Jews and proselytes are delivered from the law and considered dead to the law under which they were once in bondage. Now they have newness of life empowered by the Holy Spirit, no longer struggling to keep the letter of the law. We now should walk in the Spirit and newness of life, doing the will of God and not our own. Paul states in Galatians 5.18, But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Verses 7 and 8. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. The knowledge of sin came via the law of Moses, which defined sin. Things once thought to be normal behavior were declared sinful by the 613 laws given in the law of Moses. Knowledge of the law was the knowledge of sin. Verse 9, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. When the law came, things I once thought normal became sin. Simple things, like how far could I travel or what I could eat, once done without regard, became problematic and sinful. Verse 10, And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. The pure and holy law of God became the curse of death because no one could keep the law except Jesus. Verse 11, For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Sin was empowered by the law, as the law of Moses gave the knowledge of sin. If someone was ignorant of a rule, they cannot obey it, and they are unaware of any spiritual consequences related to it as sin. But once you're aware of it, you're aware of it. You know it. It's in your conscience. Verses 12 and 13. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin, by the commandment, might become exceedingly sinful. The law of Moses is holy, just, and good. But has it become death unto me, because I cannot keep it? Paul asks. Paul says, God forbid. No, sin is the cause of death with or without the law of Moses. The law merely defines the sin that had already existed since Adam's fall in the garden. Undefined sin became exceedingly sinful by the knowledge of sin via the law. Verses 14 and 15. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. That's a kind of a tongue twister, isn't it? Remember, Paul is still addressing the Jews and proselytes in Rome who are under the law of Moses. If Paul was not addressing those under the law of Moses, then these several chapters are of little value as Gentiles were never under the law. The law is spiritual, coming from God, but man is carnal, yielding to his fleshly desires. The right things we know we should do, somehow we don't always do them. But the things we know are wrong, those we often do. Verse 16, 
If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. When we knowingly do those things that are wrong, we give tacit consent that the law of God is good. Verse 17 and 18. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Paul states that when he does those things that are wrong, it is not him, but the sin that dwells in him, that is, in his flesh. For the desires of the flesh can lead to evil. The desire to do good was always with Paul, but how to overcome the desires of the flesh and do good was frequently not present. Verses 19 and 20. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that which I would not, it is no more me that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. We are fully aware of this paradox. We desire to do good, but frequently do something else, something evil. But the motivation to do evil certainly does not come from God. It originates with the sin that dwells in our flesh, looking for any opportunity to manifest itself. Verse 21 through 23. I find then a law that, when I would do good, evil is present within me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Evil is always present. Frequently we must fight against it in our minds to do what is right in God's sight. The law of God dwells in our inner man, our mind, but the law of sin dwells in our members, our flesh. These two are enemies fighting for the control of your life, your thinking, your behavior, and your worldview. For us to be successful, we must overcome the law of sin that dwells in the flesh by the law of God that dwells in our spirit and mind. Whichever we yield ourselves to, that will control our life. Paul states in 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ living within us. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. We have all the tools necessary to overcome the evil that dwells in our flesh and our members. Verses 24 and 25. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul summarized the issue and provides the solution. The body, flesh, is dead because in it dwells the law of sin and death. If one yields to the flesh, then death is the natural result. But in the mind dwells the law of God. If you yield to the mind the law of God, then we have life and peace. These two laws dwell within each of us. Whichever you yield to or follow, that law will control your life. But now we have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ via the Holy Spirit within us to enable us to choose the law of God. We have the mind of Christ. We are able to walk in the Spirit and will of God. We have the mind of Christ, and we are to walk in the Spirit and the will of God. Well, that concludes this video podcast on Romans 7. I'll be doing a video podcast on each chapter of the book of Romans. Thanks for joining me today. See you next time. God bless.